I'm James Hayes and this is episode two of the Sideline Cut podcast. Coming to you as always from the heartlands of Munster Rugby in enemy territory for your podcast hosts, recording right on the banks of the River Shannon here in Limerick City. I'm joined as always by Cork native Joe Kiley and proud Bursley and Tipman Dylan Reid. We go through the week's sporting headlines, Liverpool keep rolling in soccer, FA Cup news, a good week for Irish youngsters in rugby. We recap the Christmas fixtures in the Pro 14 and it's D-Day this weekend for some of the Irish teams in Heineken Cup action. In GAA, the club championships are coming to a climax and we go through the somewhat lethargic pre-season inter-county competitions. As always, Dylan will test our knowledge with our sports quiz, Bamboozled. Joe will take us down memory lane with us with our story of the week from the annals of world sport and we'll finish with our sports prediction competition where you the listener get to pitch your wits against our experts in take five remember to check us out across all our social media at sideline underscore cut on twitter and instagram and at the sideline cut on facebook or you can email us with any issues correspondence or topics you'd like to discuss on sport at the sideline cut.com how are you lads oh james how's things how are you going on you sober yet uh, just a little bit. Bursley, keep rolling. Uh, Bursley, yeah, the dream, the dream is well alive now. Uh, Crow Park for the Club All Ireland, so fair play to the lads. Brilliant win there uh, Sunday. So we'll, we'll go through it in, in further detail later on. We'll give you a bit more time to. Oh, I'm sure we will. To get over it. Um, for Corkman, well, we'll leave the Liverpool thing aside for now, right? For Corkman, like, is it is it time to start celebrating? You're in a McGrath Cup final, and uh, hurling league final in the early part of the year. Um, I suppose it's a good start, but um, I to get too carried away with that <laughs> now just yet. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll go through those uh, the McGrath Cup and then the senior hurling league later on. It's uh, a little bit of a a thorn in the side of uh, of Dylan's that these things are starting before Christmas and we just have to go through them and put up with them and wait for the league to start. To be honest, um, I suppose straight down to business. Dylan, you've got an old story for us, I hear. I do, do I? You do, you do. Something that happened to you in your in your younger years. So we are going to have a, a, a correspondence uh, column going forward for any of your uh, emails and Instagram posts and whatever else you want to ask us. Um, as this is only episode two, Dylan is going to share one of his with us to give you a, a taste of uh, what we're looking for, your own stories. Uh, yeah, so I suppose we want to... Uh funny stories and correspondence come true but uh yeah this this story involves uh i suppose a highlight of my golfing career really uh, <laughs> don't know if my poor grandmother would uh <laughs> think to say with that uh so yeah she was lady captain there inside in turtles there a few years ago and uh she, she decided that the the grandkids were going to start to play golf so uh we done a bit of pitch and putt and things like that so our short game was all right but it was the our long game wouldn't have been great, so weren't good with the driver, no. No, we we're not good with the drivers, <laughs> though. To be fair, not right. We were on the ninth hole in St. Tartarus, and I was still on the fairway, which is, you know, a good result for me at the time. <laughs> and uh, just wind, winding up the shot, anyways. And I suppose Granny was a, she was a nice bit to the right, but she was a bit ahead of me. <laughs> and her poor Granny got a belt of the ball, anyway. <laughs> and, uh, you hit your grandmother with a golf ball. I managed. I managed to hit my poor grandmother with a golf ball whilst playing golfer. And uh, what age were you? What age was I? Oh, this is only a few years ago. I, I was probably eighteen or nineteen. Oh, like, oh dear! I wasn't oh. a child. Like, uh, uh, wow. and what age is your grandmother? Uh, I wouldn't like to say that now. <laughs> like, um, could you have killed her? I mean, I mean, this is the greatest respect. Like, oh, I thought I had killed. Her. <laughs> Did you hit her in the head? Like, no, it was her her ankle. So I, I don't know how I managed to do that. I think I called. I think I called Granny or something, and she jumped. You're supposed to call <laughs> four. Yeah, well, and uh, do you know what? Fair play to the woman. She went and she played the back nine after it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so that that's where you get it from. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, poor <laughs> Granny. Hey, do you know what? And she went out with us a few times after that, but she's she stuck well behind us. <laughs> she was dead right. I just stuck well behind you as well. So. Jesus. Fair play to you. Sorry, Granny. <laughs> <laughs> if, if she's listening. <laughs> um, I suppose given that Dylan has given you an embarrassing story this week, myself and Joe will have to follow in the coming weeks. Um, I'll be trying to narrow down my sporting career to just a single <laughs> embarrassing moment would be the tough part. Um, uh, 
yeah so if you're listening and you have any uh, stories like that for us then uh, by all means send them into us and the best one on any given week we might send out an old uh, an old spot price to um, might yeah if it's good enough okay. if it's good enough we look forward to them anyway that's for sure exactly exactly starting with football Joe FA Cup week well, yeah kind of distracts from the Premier League um, yeah I guess the issue is kind of whether people value the FA Cup or not a lot of the big teams obviously are putting out their second team we saw Liverpool with the kind of injuries they had put out almost a third team against Everton mm. still managed to win 1-0 which is more of a, an indictment on how Everton are right now yeah I, w- I was there um, it just it, they look awesome like they're young you know they're inexperienced but it's it just shows what Klopp has done with the club like he's instilled this like methodology and they're all playing the same game and that was the thing you could see everyone it the shape the movement was everything the exact same as the first team I think the one the one thing I noticed different from we'll say Sheffield United and Everton game was the youngsters and maybe it's the exuberance of youth they were more willing to play a forward pass even if it wasn't on than the senior team would have been which is probably just getting excited to be on the field and looking for more chances. Maybe, yeah, like they're um, looking to take an opportunity. So, so like they were picking like a 60-70% pass instead of a 90% pass at times. Yeah. Um, but again, I enjoyed that more because you're so used to like this, not negative football, but maybe just it's a kind safe. of a... Yeah, because like Liverpool were 1-0 up early against Sheffield United, so like they kept the ball 70-something percent possession, so like... The most... They didn't need was to... It, the most amount of passes I think, yeah, ever I think completed the in the Premier League game. Yeah, nine hundred and something. It's, it's incredible. They're like three players had over a hundred passes. Yeah, yeah. For fear of um, for fear of turning this into the Liverpool show, we we will try not to go on about them too much. We should like Liverpool are playing unbelievable at the minute. Should English teams be very worried? I think they should be right now because unless Man City can rebuild somehow, even though like their team is already world class on paper. Yeah. and that was one thing we saw them put out a very strong team in the FA Cup which might signal that Guardiola thinks the league is gone Yeah, which it should be at that distance barring Liverpool capitulating or World War 3 but we won't get into that well like let, let's just look at the next three fixtures for a minute right Spurs away United at home Wolves away like we struggled yeah. over Wolves we always struggle with Spurs yeah and it's United like there's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Liverpool could lose all three of those games and there's only a four point gap. I'm not still saying with, it, still with the game in hand, yeah. like it, that would take a serious I, capitulation. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this whole thing that with 20 games to go that the league is over, I don't buy into that. And as a as a, as a Liverpool fan all my life, we've had far too much hurt to actually buy into that. Yeah, I think every Liverpool fan now is kind of just not going to count our chickens until like that medal is actually in the hand and Henderson is lifting the trophy, and that's when we'll. Yeah. That's well, when look, we can be sure of it. Look, the one, the one positive from a Liverpool point of view is, I mean, they are that far ahead, but they're getting used to winning, getting used to living, lifting trophies, and that's like it feels different. Win, a couple winning, of times winning, breed, winning breeds winning. You know, it's a mentality. You know, so um, any other things in the FA Cup that kind of jumped out at you? I suppose from from an Irish point of view, what about Adam Ida? Ida, yeah. Ida or Ida? Ida, Ida. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. Hattrick for Norwich. Made his, de- made his debut what five days earlier naturally puts himself in with a shout of getting more minutes in the Premier League which is always laughing that at, has to be the aim he's laughing it? at Mick McCarthy he probably wasn't he was on BBC doing commentary that day he probably wasn't given much of a choice but to say oh yeah he'll probably be looked at for the next squad well he has to be I mean scored a hat-trick in the FA Cup gets into a Premier League team yeah, naturally yeah. in contention to make the Irish squad he's a fantastic talent though Pace him. He looks at yeah, lightning. Oh, stop. Very Unreal, quick. Yeah. And it's something we do kind of lack up front. Right, Aaron Connolly has a lot of pace now, but again, he's still very young and you don't yeah. want to depend on him fully. But again, it's take take the Irish thing. It's it's awesome to see Stephen Kenny, who will become the Irish manager, and all these players that have been playing under him up along, thriving and starting to get a chance in top tiers of English football, you know? Like what was it? Was it Jason Knight had two goals for Derby? Yeah, he scored twice the night last week. There just before New Year's. Um, and then you, you look at the likes of Hurahan, Obafemi, Hendrick, Harry Arter, Callum Robinson, all scoring this week. Yeah. Uh, get, granted, it's the FA Cup, and they're all getting chances they yeah. wouldn't ordinarily have got. I but mean, it's nice to see from an Irish point of view because that's the one thing we lack is goal scorers. Yeah, Obafemi. I mean, that was a great goal at Chelsea. I don't know if you saw it. He cuts in onto his left foot and curls it in the top corner, Jesus. from the edge of the box. Very nice finish. But um. 
Yeah, like I think it for the first time in quite a while, it's an exciting time to be an Irish fan mm. because obviously we we haven't been the most entertaining side for quite a while, probably since the two thousand and two side really, and it's nice to see that there's actually a number of exciting young players coming through at at good teams as well. And the most talked about, I suppose, is is the the triparrot one where, like. I know Mourinho is trying to pour, you know, water on the fires and kind of yeah, calm people down. I think I, everyone needs to do that small bit now. Yeah, like, but he's the most talked about. And, he is. And like he's, he's only seventeen. Yeah, I know. Do you know, some of these lads are only 17, 18, 19 that we're talking about here. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's very rare that that amount of pressure on a young kid can work out well. Yeah, but look at, we'd go with um, Harvey Elliott. Yeah. Harry, Harry, Harvey, Harry, Harvey, Harvey Elliott. Um, like, incredible the last couple. of yeah, he's for about 16 as well. Sti- and still not getting a, perform- a chance in the first team, and nor should he. Yeah, but that's more to do with who's in front of him. Yeah. Like, we're just saying it there's can, a lot of world class players aren't it getting can, It can be team. done at that age. It can. Just, and we're again, just not used to seeing it from Irish. No, not at all. Not since the days of Robbie. Yeah, but there, there definitely needs to be a. a Possibly it could be right there, Joe. For a player who hasn't really played any senior football yet. Yeah. It has to be said, like, in. People are kind of going to get a bit carried away now because yeah. they've heard the name and he's playing really well for the 21s. Yeah. He's on the verge of the Spurs squad. So It'll be interesting with Harry Kane um, injured to see how much uh, time he does actually get because he's in that first team squad all the time. Just not really getting on the pitch, you know. So. Yeah, it's one less player ahead of him, isn't yeah. it? So he could be getting those last 20 minutes. He could yeah. start to force his way into starting maybe the next cup game or against um, a smaller league side. Any um any upsets in the FA Cup to that sprung out? Um, nothing major really. Um, Leeds nearly pulled an upset against Arsenal. I thought they deserved it. They lost one nil. But the Leeds were fairly hard done by. Played some very nice football. Okay. And Kevin watched that. I'm now more excited than I was that Leeds could come back come to the back Premier up. League. Um, yeah, it's kind of between Leeds and West Brom. Tranmere championship came from three goals down against was it Watford? So. That was kind of not really Premier League, League, League Two, League, League one, one or two. League Two. Big result Wouldn't for them against yeah, the Premier League. Yeah, huge comeback. We're three yeah. nil down. Brilliant. What was the other one? Was it Chelsea and Forest? Was a draw as well. It was two all draw. I can't remember the Chelsea uh, game. Um, and then you had you know United and Wolves was in the long draw as well. Spurs drew. Yeah, big, big upset, upset there. <laughs> <laughs> Poor day at the office for Wolves. Spurs drew. Who did Spurs draw with? Spurs, oh, Middlesbrough away. Yeah, yeah. it, it, um, it, it, it doesn't really matter. The header, yeah. So they're going to take them back to London now. And is it is a Premier League? Is is it as much of an upset anymore for, we'll say, a cha- not even a Championship side, but a League One or League Two side to beat a Premier League side? Like it, you're it, playing against their second team. It really, yeah, it depends on the circumstances. With teams like, say, Liverpool, Man City in a normal season, United in years gone by, where they've had other more important things to do in the season, mm. and they're happy to use the FA Cup just to you know maybe give players minutes get them back from fitness but I mean we saw Man City they're out to win that like the team they put out against Port Vale that wasn't a second string team like. and the same again last night yeah look exactly at, at, they put out a full team against well, no, pretty much a yeah, full side against United semi-final against your yeah. local rivals neither team can afford to lose that but yeah but Liverpool never did the FA Cup and Liverpool put out a, a scratch side their third side yeah but yeah. come the end of the season yeah like we're expecting Liverpool to be challenging for more serious things yeah, like fair. Man City obviously aren't expecting that mm. maybe Champions League obviously they've got a fair crack at but that's not for another month so there's no point resting players for that Yeah, and he just wants to get silverware now anything stick out for you over the, over the Christmas period in the in the Premier League? Um, be honest just very impressed with Liverpool I mean the way they tore Leicester apart Yeah. on the back of the trip to Qatar and then to beat Sheffield United as comfortably as they did and like we've seen how much trouble Sheffield United caused teams uh, very impressed with them with the Wolves game as a struggle is that going out to tiredness after all the travel and then the couple of games mm. in quick succession I wouldn't read too much into it but like it's this Liverpool team looks like they're they're stepping up to the big occasion and then when it's not as big an occasion they find a way to win Yeah, and I don't think they can do much more I think. Well, I think the fear for fear for anyone playing Liverpool right now is is to concede early, because they can hold on to possession. Can dominate the game. I think Sheffield United really struggled with that. Like they've got they've got ball players across the back line with with your two Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold, and then Gomez is looking more and more like Van Dijk's little brother. 
Like they play the exact he same. Is, they yeah, move since, the exact same. It's, since Matt and Lovren uh, got their injuries, it looks like he's, oh yeah, he's, he's coming he's, back to what he was. Oh, he's the number two centre half. 14, 15 months ago. Yeah, without a doubt. Other than that, it's a matter of waiting for Man City and Leicester to drop points. And they both did fairly well over Christmas. Battle for fourth is going to be interesting. Yeah, there's a... It seems like no one wants it. It's yeah, that kind of a, a bit of congestion there. It's like going to be Chelsea, Arsenal. Sports well, United. Arsenal maybe not. Uh, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United, Wolves, and Sheffield are in there as well. Yeah. So that could go anyway. Uh, Arsenal probably got themselves back on track a little bit with the United win. Mm, a small bit, but there's there's still a bit of ground to make up. Is the yeah. problem? Still twenty games though. Like it's. Oh yeah, like a lot can change in twenty games. And with, with everyone beating everyone, there's no, there's no saying that any, any of those teams couldn't pull away or yeah. gain ground. I mean, was it so. last season as well? It, it looked like it was the race for fourth was going to be the big one, and oh, they all kept dropping points. You had United, Chelsea, um, Arsenal, and Spurs, and it was four of them going for two places, and none of them seemed to want yeah. it. Same, same again this year. Same again so this it year. Looks that way again. I suppose one, one thing that jumped out at me over, um, over the Christmas period was. The amount of soccer that wasn't on Sky, mm-hmm. um, we've, become, we've become so accustomed that the Premier League is a Sky Sports thing. That you know was Amazon Prime had a whole day of it with on Premier, and then yeah. there was BT Sport had a whole day of it again on New Year's. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's two extra channels you've got to buy. You know, does this is it the Premier League looking for looking for more money or Sky losing their handle on it? Well, I think it's is it something people is it something the ordinary punter needs to get worried about. A small but I mean it is an added expense but I think we've seen like since 92 when Premier League started it was on Sky exclusively up until it would have had the likes of Satanta came in mm. and then you had ESPN used to get the, the half five yeah. game on a Saturday and I guess BT just came in and they managed to grow to a point where they could challenge Sky mm. and they took the Champions League off them is, and um, now they're starting to take more and more Premier League games so yeah. I think it's a bit of competition there's, there's talks of a Premier League channel. Any of you see that happening? Yeah, I heard talks of them yeah. launching their own streaming service, potentially. Something similar to Netflix, but you basically subscribe directly to the Premier League. Yeah, and you and get all you the games. access to the games. I think it's a brilliant idea. I think it's much easier for the Premier League. They get their money directly. You don't have to deal with... Yeah, and it's worldwide then as well. Yeah, exactly. I so. think it's a brilliant idea. Especially I'm they're, sure. They're not a what? Show the 3 o'clock game on a Saturday, is it? No, not in England anyway. Yeah, so it's to encourage if, people it's to watch games. On, if it's stra- streamed online, you can put a block on England, people being able to watch it. So that yeah. way we can stay and play while the rest of the world can watch the games. Exactly. Because yeah. right now it's hard to, especially in Ireland here, it's very hard to watch the 3 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, but given the current state of broadband in this country, you may piss off a load of, let's say, country villages, towns, and people out it that just have. A sky dish, you know. Yeah. Will it still be available? Like, are they still going to have to wait for match of the day on a on a Saturday night to watch the games? No, I don't think so. I think if something like that happened, Sky and whoever else that provide television will manage to get this as a channel. Just your Premier League TV, if you will. I can't see Sky allowing their customers it's to have no access to Premier League football because then they'll go away from it because people watch the Premier League. Yeah, but it's it's a big it's a big question. I mean, if you're going to go and invest in streaming every game on on thing, you're not going to sell the rights to Sky or BT or anyone to show it as well. Not without it being pay per view, and then that's an extra cost. Like, yeah, perhaps. It'll be interesting. It might make conversation. It might make it cheaper. They might make as much money selling it to Sky. Yeah. Sky will say we're not getting exclusive rights. You already have this up. Yeah, but if if you know if you know that you can get this on on Sky you're not going to subscribe to the Premier League streaming service you don't need to you're still getting it on Sky so anyway that's probably a conversation for a much further down the line when it's announced it's more like a, <laughs> it's a that's a VAR conversation where it's going to be changed every year yeah yeah <laughs> big work to be done shows. on that um, perfect any any other football related stories that come to mind oh other than the usual kind of transfer merry-go-round madness that's going around so it's going to be a lot of stupid rumours um, saw one of Usman Dembele Barcelona he liked a photo on Instagram someone photoshopped him into a Liverpool jersey and everyone went mad yeah yeah. so it's going to be a lot of that for January um, yeah I see what's the was it Danny Drinkwater signed for Aston Villa Aston yeah. Villa what, what, did you, what were you saying 110 grand a week I heard 110 grand a week yeah which is 
ridiculous considering what he's done since he won the Premier yeah. League. Now, obviously, he had a great season with Leicester, went to Chelsea, completely flopped, went to Burnley, couldn't get in the team, and now he's going to Aston Villa, where I'm sure he'll continue to not get in the team. How, how long, and, and this is completely off topic, but how long is the Premier League going to escape without putting in a salary cap? See, in, in China, they've now brought in a salary cap for sort of teams. For foreign players, yeah. as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. So the teams can't go out and lose all their money by spending it on foreign players, and that it doesn't wreck their, their you know, their, their national league. I can't see them bringing in a salary cap in the Premier League. I don't see it happening. Premier League want the biggest stars, they want the best players, the best managers. You don't get that with a salary cap. Yeah, but this especially I think however it's going to play out post Brexit. Well, that's it, and you've got you've got Brexit as a problem. But I think it's it's a bigger issue with the amount of money that's going around the place, and like it may be a UEFA or a FIFA decision to bring in a salary cap the whole way around Europe you know yeah, I don't think they're really looking to I don't think they see the need because football generates enough money that it can afford football is self-sustaining yeah, at this it's point it's gone mad though it'd be a hard one to bring in though yeah. very you hard to Ronaldo, you, can't, you can't have that much money we paid you last season exactly but we've seen I think those figures came out that um, players like I think Ronaldo is earning more from Instagram now than he is yeah. from football He's one of the most paid from Instagram. Yeah, he was first or second. There yeah, was some like list of all these celebrities. Like, it's ridiculous. It's something like 45 million last so year. So you're going to find, if they do try and bring in a salary cap, is the bigger players will get more sponsorship yeah, deals. Yeah, yeah. It'll come in some it way, will. shape, They'll form. figure it out. A bit like what, uh, what Saracen's, what Saracen's got, got exactly. caught for, yeah. <laughs> Construction companies all over the place. Yeah, base. exactly. <laughs> so they'll find some way around it. Like um, Man City, when, they, when the owners when Sheikh Mansour came in first and there was a sponsorship deal with a company that was owned by his brother and there was some I know there was some investigations into it back at the start of financial fair play right and I think they got a slap on the wrist as far as I know but there was some yeah. behind the behind the door dealings as always I'd say there's some amount of that going on but yeah if they introduce a salary cap they'll find ways around it like these yeah. players are worth too much in terms of marketing and we've how yet, many people want to watch them we've yet to find out how they're going to deal with with Brexit yeah I'm kind of afraid of that one a big fan of the Premier League obviously like I've watched it pretty yeah, much my whole life it's going to be interesting to see non-UK players that are playing yeah. in the Premier League like how, how do you how do you keep on top of all that now that everyone needs to have a visa to work in the UK that's it because I mean we've seen there's always been like if there were signings coming from South America or Africa they'd have to qualify for a work permit yeah. at times and there's been issues with that um, for some players having to go on loan to get experience to qualify for yeah. it are you going to have to do that with all EU countries as well? It's going to be. It's going to be. It's something no one's really we'll talking about. I'm sure they're discussing it behind closed doors and trying to figure out how to. Will there be a cap put on the amount of foreign players you can use? I, I don't think there would be. Well, there was. There was back in the day, wasn't there? There was only a certain amount of players that you could use from back in the early days of the Premier League, if I'm right. Um, it could be. It's I know there's good. obviously you have to have a minimum amount of English or homegrown players now. Um, in your squad and right but then yeah, qualifies as a homegrown player I think I remember seeing Manuel Almunia qualified as one for Arsenal we're, well we're only three weeks away now so we'll, we'll find out fairly quickly moving on to GA I suppose we'll start with uh, with your home village town whatever you'd like to call it Dylan village. small village small village um, Boris Lee, first All-Ireland club final in 33 years yeah first uh, first since uh, 1987 so it's been a while been a while yeah. coming uh, yeah big win there uh, 121 to 114 um, on, a, on a positive note the last one you were in you won we won the last one yeah Cheers, yeah so you know good yeah. omen to have I suppose a second positive if you win this one Brendan Marr will probably be uh, nominated for as a presidential candidate going forward yeah I think there's a statue I think planned to go <laughs> I tell you he's playing some hurling isn't he unbelievable sure uh, he had 10 points there was it, I don't know, seven for seven from freeze or something, but uh, I think the point everyone is talking about is done with the broken hurley. So right, this this is a point of contention, and I had a chat with a hurley maker, and we we, we might talk about it. The point he scored, right, mm. was with the same size hurley that they used to use in Christy Ring's day and in Mick Mackey's day and all that. Like it's just nowadays they're less skillful, so the bosses are much bigger. Like that's the point that was made. What do you make of that? Less skillful now. Brendan's still threw it over, so I'm sure Brendan, Brendan could, could use a hurdy like go. that. There you go. Yeah, yeah, probably a bit harsh to say they're less skillful. <laughs> um, no, what a point. What a point. Yeah, sensational. Uh, with with half a hurdy. There's a few uh, social media 
channels had the slowed down version on and things like that. Which Probably is Titanic music in the background. Not yet. I'd say that's <laughs> one for us now. Maybe to put It'd out. be rude not to. Uh, um, but yeah, no sensation. Brilliant win. Uh, the work rate from Boris is just unbelievable. Like. Yeah, a, w- a word for St. Thomas's. St. Thomas's were by no means outclassed in this game. It was a, it was a good game of hurling. Which yeah, no, they, they played well. Uh, they dropped a lot of wides. They'll probably probably still in, still in the balance well. until that, that late goal. Uh, yeah, more or less was. Yeah, this was the goal. Just put the glass on it for us, really. Um, but yeah, no, uh, for a play to St. Thomas's, it's a good, old, good mm-hmm. outside. But, uh, I'd say you were you, you were in the Gaelic grounds on, uh, on Saturday or on Sunday. You must have been a bit worried when the when they went 1-2 to a point up early on uh, yeah a small bit worried which Boris brought it back fair quick so the worry kind of went yeah. quick enough too but um, yeah brilliant work rate was incredible like from everyone everyone from yeah, 1 to 15 like you could see see lads were see the forwards were blocking down lads uh, with a young Kevin Maher block, blocked down lad there in the second half and got a point from it you know so things like that really throw the game in, in, uh, in your favour as well but um, of course, Bursley will play Ballyhale Shamrocks in the final on the 18th of March up in Crow Park. Ballyhale beat Slock Neil. Um, I think it was six points in it for a finish. And again, another game where the the scoreline probably flattered Ballyhale a little bit. Slock Neil were, were in the game right up until the very end. Oh, yeah, they done most um, of the hurling, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, kind of, I suppose, tired legs maybe for the last 10 minutes, but should have still managed to get a goal in that last 10 minutes. Yeah. So, do you know. Um, there was a Brendan Rogers there was was very good for them I thought yeah um but Asher Valley Hill probably best club of all time do you think really yeah a couple couple of interesting facts I mean Valley Hill are going for their seventh title um but it's the first time they've reached back to back finals which it's uh, some achievement yeah when you think about yeah but it's, it's still strange when you think about like they've probably won their previous six in the last fifteen years you know so you're looking at it going you know. But back to back is unreal, like because yeah. they have a number of county lads. You know that's there's no, no yeah, rest lads, for them. That's been all all year round. Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's tough going. Another another um funny stat that I couldn't really believe myself when I first heard it was uh it's the first time clubs from Tipperary and Kilkenny have met in an All Ireland club hurling final. Hard hard to believe. I know it's, it's club hurling and all that, it? but it's hard to believe in the in the history of mm. yeah you know so um yeah that'll be an interesting one. I presume you should be in Club Park for that. Well, yeah, geez, of course, yeah. Uh, I think two o'clock throwing up there, so we have a few relations close by. We'll probably call in, and get the old dinner before, and join <laughs> ourselves. But, uh, I know it's 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 unbelievable, like geez, to think that Burs Burs Lee, uh, small rural parish, so as, as well as Bally Hale, a small small rural parish. Well, it's, as well. It, it's all. I think that's the joy of the GA. It's all small rural parishes. I look. I mean, we'll we'll talk about Kilcoo in a minute. Kilcoo have eight hundred people in their parish. And are in an All Ireland club football final against Currafin on the 18th again, um, like what a, what an achievement! I mean, like 800 people, like out of that 800, I mean, like how how much is your footballing population? Yeah, exactly. How many have you a pick up? Do you know? Cause uh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, we were we were talking earlier. Think, what what do we say? 19 players Bursley have used so far this championship. Um, I think that's all. Yeah, which is unreal. 19 players. I mean, you, you can't allow for any injury. You need a certain amount of luck for that as well. You can't allow for any injuries yeah. or, you know. But 19 players is, and I don't know how many Kilku have used. I didn't see the stat. Um, it's their their first All Ireland final. I know they've got eight cousins on the team, five brothers and one and three brothers in another family. So, like, that's that's a small parish. Like, yeah, sure. Boris is the same. Uh, nearly all the McCormicks there. Yeah, yeah. You know. but the whole back line, whole half back line at one stage was uh, was McCormicks. On uh, on Sunday, yeah. So yeah, should Dan Dan more or less played as a centre back sweeper there. Yeah, as I did, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah sp- geez, sure, that's the thing about Boris. Lads just play literally everywhere. The corner forwards are bla- blocking in the half back line and yeah. things like that. So was uh, was brilliant. And even their young Tom Foot was uh, American David Burke. I think he only got two points off him. Joe, he's the captain yeah. of the Galway seniors. Yeah. You know, and fair play to Thomas now. Well, they're, the, they're the kind of headlines that um, that are thrown up by the club championships, and everyone has an opportunity to mark everyone. And like as a club hurler, you look forward to marking a county star because it's like oh, I get to test myself. Yeah, you no, know? absolutely, absolutely. And I'd say um, yeah. a few lads think they're Seamus Burke cornerback should perhaps get a call up to the tip team. And oh yeah, yeah, a few words. So. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be like I suppose that conversation can't be had till after the club oh. the club final is over. And yeah, like, Seamus the gas taken out. He was asked before, and he said no. Joe said no. Said no. He's a, f- he's a farmer, Joe. He's flat out. Yeah, he'd be too busy milking cows to to join the county panel. It's unreal. 
Unreal. It's some lads. So, but he'd die for the club then. Do you know that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unreal. So it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the the football final will see Kilku play Corrigan Corrigan. Of course, like going for their third title in a row. Just a club that seems to have dominated football in my time. Club football yeah. anyway. Seem to be around forever. Um, oh, I could, like, you'd be kind of hoping Kilku can can pull an upset here, but Corrigan will be a hot favourites going into that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but sure it's hard to we all love an un- underdog story well, especially yeah, I do know at the moment we, lo- we love the all underdog stories in Ireland yeah, um, yeah look with those, those as I said those two all Ireland club finals are down for decision on the 18th the 19th so we'll, Sunday 19th Sunday 19th so yeah. we'll, we'll talk more about that next um, in the next podcast preview both of those um, we spoke earlier about these pre-season inter-county competitions that seem to make less and less difference every year you've got the McGrath Cup the Munster Hurling League, you've got the O'Byrne Cup, there's Mr. McKenna Cup there, there's like they're being played but nobody seems to be paying much attention to them. Barra Barra passing headline. Um I suppose the one that stood out to me was Tip beating Kerry, but then when you look deeper into it, it was Kerry's under twenty team that played that day. So when it was more of a dead rubber anyway, because um, Cork had already qualified for the um for the McGrath Cup final. Um Munster Hurling League. Limerick and Cork as well um, in both competitions both finals on this Saturday in Limerick so two home games but again like we said both competitions starting in November December like yeah. it's madness for inter-county competitions isn't it it's crazy like um, it was bad enough that the poor club lads had to you know take Christmas off but their inter-county lads got an air break yeah it just to me to me it's mad like you're, you're trying to I know this like the committees that have been set up to change the fixtures and all that and then on the other hand there seems to be so much going on that's just doing the opposite of what these committees are, are built to do like the club finals have been brought back from the 17th of March where they were always were to the 19th of January and now you've got the inter-county league competitions going on at the same time which kind of defeats the purpose doesn't it yeah I think so anyways and they're they're not in games really for the majority of players and I don't know, there was a bit of an article there that came out during the week. It was something like 63 players have opted out of the Gale football uh, for the 2020 season. So, so si- 63 inter-county footballers from last year have yeah are, are not playing this year due to one, one reason or another. One reason or another, yeah. Is that, was that, does that include retirements? or? I don't believe so, no. So it's just like people... They've opted out for y- one young reason. Young travelling or didn't want to be on the panel. Or yeah. Oh, so wow. probably that's, that's a huge things like that. That's a huge stat. It's crazy crazy you know um, and again like if you're a college student and, and let's be honest you're playing let's say you're a hurler inter-county hurler as a college student you're playing Fitzgibbon Cup you're playing club hurling you're playing inter-county hurling so you've got the league the championship um, All-Ireland Series especially if you're from any one of the big five or six counties you're, you're playing you're playing all year round like, yeah, essentially, you never yeah. get a chance to be a kid so yeah it's a massive commitment for lads you know they're doing it for nothing they love the game really it's, it's yeah. some commitment so um, you know to, to see these nothing games essentially these hurling leagues I don't know are they would, for you, would you do away with them? Uh, in my own opinion I would yeah or, or is it is it a competition that should be clearly made to be a development competition so that anyone that started a certain percentage of championship games the year before couldn't play in them is that maybe something where there could be a, a, a could be room for it? That's probably so the way they are played. It's part that it's just unofficially as well done like that. Yeah, but you've still got you've still got senior players in them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be a way of of making it better all round for for the GA as a whole. You know. Yeah. Um, I've seen another headline that's talking about Cahill McShane has gone to um, Adelaide Crows in the as he rules for a trial. Uh, another one in a in a long list of players going that direction. Hard to see why not really. I mean, if the offer comes in. Yeah, no, it it is only a trial. It's a month long trial period. He's twenty four years of age. I suppose obviously now is the time to do it. If he doesn't exactly. work out, he's back in time for the league. You know, if it works out, he can play four or five years over there and come back and still probably play four or five more years football. Yeah, you if know, he wants to. Like. I suppose uh, Mickey uh, Joe Hart was uh, come out. Mickey Hart came out and said that um, like it was a big disappointment to him that. They, that he was leaving and that there should be a stop put to it and stuff like that um, and you can't really stop him no, no. it's an amateur oh, game like yeah. you're, you're exactly 
you're going to take your opportunity to get paid to play sport if you get the get the chance, aren't you? Imagine getting paid to train, lift weights. You know, they're getting paid for essentially doing playing a different game. You're getting paid for your hobby. Yeah, you know, that's so it. Yeah, nicer weather. Well, right. Australia probably not the nicest right now, but in the yeah. grand scheme of things, like yeah. you know, waking up cold, wet, windy mornings, trying to go training, like in yeah, it's um. As you say, he's twenty four. Now is probably the time to I, do it. If if I was twenty four and I was getting that opportunity, I'd be gone in the morning. You know, and you'd have to. And until and people say that the game is going to change and it's going to become semi pro and stuff like that, I don't know whether I agree or disagree with that. But you know, until that does happen, then you know you're going to get you're going to take the opportunity to get paid to play sport if you're given it. Yeah, and until until the GA start paying players in some capacity, like this is going to continue to happen. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it other than try and pay players to hold on to them. Um, that's a it'll yeah. be interesting one to see how this plays out I mean like it's kind of gone off the radar a bit since since the days of the um, recruitment camps going on and like all the scouts coming over that that yeah, doesn't seem to be, to be going on anymore it just seems to be picking and choosing players but I think they still do those camps though is there, is there camps so. there well, for definitely it definitely was for the ladies there recently yeah Cora Staunton went over yeah. and a couple more uh, Orla Dewar went over as well didn't she um, so yeah um, interesting to see how that goes over the next few years um, cool. I suppose uh, moving on to um, moving on to rugby. Um, a bad a bad Christmas for us, Munstermen. Um, Very much so. Yeah. Hard to know where we stand. Um, like it depends always depends on the weekend, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you, you always speak about Leinster and Munster being the top two teams in the country, but now there's a a big argument to be made for for Ulster having taken. Uh, Munster spot is the second best team in the country. Um, yeah, in current form, you'd have to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Munster look in serious trouble to me. I mean, like they have a, a big season-defining game this weekend against Racing, away to Racing, a must-win to stay in the Heineken Cup. Like Munster's bread and butter is the Heineken Cup. You know, if they, if they don't make quarter-final, then they'll see it as a failure, no matter what else goes on. Yeah. Um, coming off the back, thirteen-seven loss to Leinster. A hiding by Ulster, which make no bones about it, it was it was fifteen or sixteen points for a finish. Um, yeah, I suppose a one plus from a Munster side is that Simon Zebo is out injured, so that'll take a, take a little bit of pressure off. Um, highly disappointed, I'd say, to be to be injured for that game. Oh, I'd say he's got he, it. He seemed to love the love his trip to Munster um, earlier in the season with uh, with Racing. Um, Leinster, just a different class at the moment. They're in second gear, don't they? Yeah, different I, I don't know whether you watched the game against Connacht the other night. Like it was, saw the highlights. And there Forty was, odd yeah. points before half time, finished with fifty seven points, and not even a full side out. Like that's just yeah, like ridiculous. Said, they're in second gear right now, and now, they're still cruising. So yeah, Connacht didn't have a full side out either, but still, I mean that's for a team that have been playing well in Connacht. I mean, that must be an awful shock to our system. Um, Leinster, of course, have already won their group and qualified for the quarterfinals. They play Leon this weekend uh, with a view to locking up the, the top seed for the quarterfinals. Um, Ulster. I mean, Ulster are just flying. Um, Ulster played Claremont this weekend. Um, two team or two wins over the over the Christmas period, beating Connacht and uh, and beating Munster, um, and both of them at their ease so to speak um, Claremont's not a must win game but a win will see him top the table uh, Claremont will take over at the top if they um, if they beat Ulster and then that leaves Ulster fighting to, to win and qualify the following week um, yeah it looks like that pool whoever comes second is going to be one of the one of the highest second place anyway aren't they yeah so you'd, pro- you'd imagine Ulster and Claremont will probably both make it through regardless of the result yeah the, the, who do Ulster play the following week uh, either Harlequins or Bath I'm not sure it's Bath I'm nearly sure play Bath and Bath are out anyway so um, yeah again like we said Ulster just playing out of their skins a lot of a lot of players that have gone there from a couple of players from from, uh, from Leinster like Jack McGrath with points to prove you know that they, they couldn't they weren't good enough to make it at Leinster and now they're playing sensational rugby up in Ulster John Cooney is kind of like putting his hand up I suppose there's an argument to be made for the Six Nations that John Cooney is the informed scrum half and should get his spot ahead of uh, Conor Murray, who hasn't been playing well. No. Not, not that he hasn't been playing well, but he's not been playing to his own high standards. Yeah, that he's, he's never set. really got back to no, that not, not since he was, was Not since he was number one in the in the world as a 
as a scrum half. Um, Connacht then, I mean, slim hopes of qualification for the quarterfinals. Need to probably score four tries and beat Toulouse. Um, that's in the showgrounds in Galway um, this weekend. They've they've always done well in European competition in the showgrounds, so fingers crossed they can pull something out of the bag there. And especially coming off the back of a, a really, really bad Christmas period. They kind of need a... They need a big result, a big performance. Yeah, really. yeah. As, as difficult as it is to, to see it happening, you never quite give up hope on Connacht in the in the Heineken Cup. They've always, especially in Europe. Yeah, not when they're playing at home anyway. Yeah, they've, they've always um, put up big performances. Um, that's pretty much it on the rugby end for, for this week. Um, I suppose a couple of other sports stories that, that stuck out in my mind. Um, the darts, B, BDO had a, a big mess up in the darts. Thought they were getting bigger than they were. Yeah, I think obviously the, the PDC World Championship was on, so we all kind of got back into the darts a little bit, which we always do around Christmas. And then the BDO were, was on the other day, and it's just it's just not the same, is it? No, but like BDO is notorious for the the lakeside. It was it's like you look at the That's amount its of home is the lakeside. Yeah, you know, you look at the amount of players that have moved from the lakeside over to, or not the lakeside from the BDO over to PDC. Yeah, that did well and are now doing very well in in the PDC. It's kind of somewhat become a training ground for the PDC over the last few years yeah. not that I would like to hear that the PDC is where the money is and that's where the following is and the, so that's where the higher quality of darts is it's yeah. as simple as that uh, uh, and then you look at, like they decided to move it from the lakeside to the the, the O2 2. in London and um, yeah it didn't quite work out the way they, won, they wanted 15% of the allocation of tickets sold yeah like some of the footage I saw and some of the pictures it looked like it was way less than 15% yeah. it looked absolutely empty well, I mean, once once they're only fifteen percent sold, they cut all the prize money in half. Um, a lot of the players pulled out. It just seems like it's just one big mess. Yeah, it's P- just been a snowball effect of yeah. calamity so far. The the PDC on the other side must be um must be licking their lips and kind of going, well, BDO might disappear and we might get everyone. You know. Yeah, it's not even a competition really at the BDO anymore. No, it's not. PDC. But there's probably players there that if they came over would add to the PDC. May, might not take, be a few. Yeah, might not take over, but. Um, I see the other big darts headline is that um, Fallon Sherrick, of course, the 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 lady that uh, everyone's new favorite darts yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, the reason the, the reason a lot of non darts fans are starting to watch darts has uh, has pulled out of the women's world championship, which is ran at the same time as the on the BDO circuit. Yeah. Um. Now I suppose a big coup for the um for the PDC when they uh, named her as um the first wild card for their um, Premier League yeah maybe a slight restructuring of the Premier League of Darts with wild cards coming in yeah what was um, what was it I, I seen that Fallon Sherrick made more by winning two games in the PDC World Championship than she would have for winning the Women's World Championship in the BDO yeah that doesn't even surprise me I think, I think the total the difference there is I think the total prize money for the women's was 8,000 euros or 8,000 pounds in the BDO that's like it's dictated by how many people want to watch it as yeah. well. Like I mean, yeah. I've I never in my life watched women darts. To be honest, I was yeah quite intrigued when I was watching the qualifiers for the world championship and I saw oh, women's champion Fallon Shurik is going. I was like, oh, let's give this a watch and yeah. see how it goes. And obviously, yeah, she two, went. She went on to cause two somewhat put in a brilliant show. Yeah, upsets, which may not be upsets yeah. as we go further. Solovich was a huge one. Like yeah, he was yeah, but I think Solovich like played into the crowd's hands that night as well and he got affected by the the crowd and the crowd were cheering for Fallon and booing him and it just he let it all get to him but look it's it's a huge positive you'll see a whole lot more uh, female darts players probably try that in the future going on and hopefully you know I think we mentioned it in the last one like it's a sport where there's no reason yeah it's it's men it's open we can't compete alongside each other like it's open qualifying as well for the world championship so it's one of those yeah. ones that you know you can get into quicker than you get into a lot of other things you know so. yeah and you'll see it the UK open as well is one where you get a lot of unheard of darts yeah, players yeah. so that'll be a big opportunity for some of them to come back um, in other news stories and I suppose that the shock of the um, the week in the NFL was Tom Brady and New England Patriots are uh, are out of the NFL playoffs and parting ways that, that's that remains to be seen that remains to be seen um, Brady's 42 yes 42 loses to the Tennessee Titans he hasn't uh, taken up his contract they haven't signed a new contract so he's about to join free agency for the first time in his career yeah but that doesn't mean that New England can't sign him back no but why would he allow himself to go into free agency if he was going to sign Play- New England players do Play- 
players do. That's just the way American sports works. Players Maybe. do in the hope of looking out for a max contract and stuff like that. But um, did also hear he's putting his house up for sale. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, and dropping the price on it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he might be looking for a, a quick escape out of Boston or out of New England. Um, he's forty-two. He reckons he'll play till he's forty-five. So just um, doing a bit of research the, this morning. I doubt um, the house is going at a very reasonable price, is it? I was over six million or something, and that was at the reduced rate. So I, fair, Joey, I, not, I, not yet. I, I won't be buying it this week. Um, yeah, he reckons he'll play till he's forty-five, which gives him three years to play with someone else or to stay in New England. Um, I hear the Titans, who knocked out the New England Patriots this weekend, are one of the the favourites to to sign him. If um, if he does move, uh, someone else who was named was the L.A. Chargers given his California roots but again he wouldn't have a huge amount of um, friends in that thing people he'd know in that organisation yeah. so it's 42 like I mean the fact that he's not considering retirement is baffling well I assume it's crossed his mind but if he's confident enough he can play till 45 like fair play to him he's probably going to go down as the best ever I mean there's a couple of more people yeah. in that bracket was it six Super Bowls yeah yeah. kind of speaks for itself like that's the yeah it's the holy grail in the nfl so well it is and well again there's still the argument like we'll go put the nba in there lebron or lebron and uh, michael jordan michael jordan has more titles but lebron is still in that bracket so you know that's he is how far ahead is he uh three okay probably not gonna match yeah, it i'd say safe enough might have every other record you know by yeah. the time he finishes his career so i suppose that the the, the funny headline coming out of not funny but is um Wolverhampton Wanderers winger Adama Traore yeah this was a strange one yeah but you can see it like you, you can actually see it by the way he plays um for those of you who haven't seen the headline it's um NFL teams are are looking to give him a trial um the only thing I can see is as a as a possible running back because of his have to be. stature and size and, and pace. Like Um yeah, very definitely the strange rumour of the week, just very odd. I, I can't see it coming to anything. So I can see like we look at Christian Wade. Christian Wade is like a former English rugby player that's playing he's in the practice squad for the Buffalo Bills. He scored a try in pre or not try, he scored a touchdown in pre season, looked half the part. But was used to holding the ball. Yeah, that skill set is somewhat related. Yeah. Like football, like Adama Traore plays with his feet. Yeah, like I, I can't see it coming to anything. I think it might just. Hey, be maybe maybe he did a maybe he did some practice drills and they they reckon he's good hands and they'll give him a trial or maybe maybe they'll give him a trial and realize he has no hands and it won't work out. So no, I can't see him leaving. It it would football. be football. It would be one of the strangest sports crossover stories I've ever heard. It would have to be like I, mean, I don't think we've had any. There's one for another week. Weird sports crossovers. Yeah, that might be a, another segment. Well, You've yeah, seen yeah, used to do their cha- the toughest challenge on RT. Yeah. He would send off J players to play different sports. Oh, go on, bring him oh, up yeah. again. Bring up the presidential oh. candidate again. He was in well, it, wasn't Bre- he? Yeah, Brendan went to play cricket. <laughs> what, did he, what did he play? Cricket. I'd say it was amazing, was he? He was, yeah. He was <laughs> Breathtaking. <laughs> Unbelievable. I think they want to give him millions to sign. <laughs> but uh, Zayn O'Shea went. He went played. He went to the combine, yeah. Yeah. He actually took part in yeah. the official combine. Um, I don't think his stats were anywhere close to the top end, but he wasn't on the bottom either. So, oh, like, he was uh, somewhere in the middle of the field. I'd, I'd like to check that out for for the next time. But um, yeah, but he's as you said used to catching the what like it's yeah it's, it's a related skill you know, you set. Can see like why Gaelic footballers go play for the NFL. Yeah. Like, but the skill is transferable. Like yeah. I can't see. Damn I presume we might look into that. I presume NFL scouts are looking at him as a running back. That would be my only thought. They're not looking at him as a kicker. They have to. I mean, like if you were looking for someone as a kicker, like I mean, his size and stature would not, you know, no, wouldn't lend, lend him to being a kicker. Yeah. Like, and there's far better That's options if you're going to try and poach a footballer, like a soccer player, to become yeah. a kicker in the NFL. Like, surely you'd go after someone like you know, hey, maybe Pir- Pirlo's not doing anything. Javi <laughs> Alonso, like, well, maybe, maybe it's just try your arm at one of them. Maybe it's just one of those unfounded rumours. Um, I would imagine that's far more likely that this is some journalist you look at to fill run, a few column inches. Look at the Ron Nogara rumours that went out about the Miami Dolphins years ago. You yeah, know. something similar to that. 
Um, I suppose the only other thing that stands out in my mind from from American sports is uh, the Anthony Davis injury um, last night came down really hard and he's on his tailbone he's going to have an MRI on his back um, today to see whether he's going to be uh, fit to take part and, and when he's going to be back um, would be a big loss to LeBron and the Lakers who are, who are currently leading the Western Conference um, so hopefully he won't be out for too long yeah I hope so just it's nice to see the Lakers competitive. And yeah, like, they're a nice team. You'd to like watch. to see that, you know, stay on till the end of the season. Um, last thing that kind of stuck out this week for me was um, with everything that's going on in Australia with the with the fires and everything. There's a load of Australian sports stars coming out, um, offering part of their wages and stuff like that for as funding to try and help with the with the firefighting, which is um, which is brilliant. Um, I heard a comparison being made to Notre Dame and how all these millionaires came out and gave a load of money to help rebuild Notre Dame yet a whole country is on fire and there's nobody doing anything about it um, so it's nice to see the, the sports stars helping out I've seen some of the tennis players are given $200 per ace for the season or for competitions and oh, okay. um, the basketball players there's, there's something like 750000 already offered from basketball players in the Australian League so um so that'll be interesting and look as as always our uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh to everyone in australia that's um affected by the wildfires next section our trip down memory lane joseph hello how are we what have you got for us today? Um, well, yeah, part of this segment, I'm basically going to be bringing some kind of an interesting or odd, or just strange story. They're pretty much all going to be from the world of football, to be honest. But yeah, well, I think I think what what we'll yeah, it's it's something that you may or may not have heard of yeah. that you know. Yeah, some of them will be kind of more famous than others. Um, others people won't really have heard of, but uh, hopefully they're interesting and. We'll we'll try not to make it all about football. Oh, maybe you will. I won't. <laughs> this is going to be all about football. Myself and Dylan might try and throw in some uh, some rugby or hurling uh, historical stories as well I'm at the sure centre. There's a few, few yeah, more silly anyway. anyway. I'm sure we'll find some. Um, so but yeah, tell this is the first one, and this is one of my asked uh, me one of my favourite Premier League stories. Tell like, us about the legend that is Ali Dia. Ali Dia, the great man himself. Um, well, just to give it some kind of background, obviously, like growing up. I was be watching the likes of Premier League years on Sky Sports, so we got into some Premier League obscurities and oddities, and I think this is the pinnacle of it. Um, basically, Ali Dia was a Senegalese footballer. I hope you could hear those inverted commas. Um, he failed tries, trials at Gillingham and Bournemouth back in the early 90s. Uh, went on to play for Blight Spartans for a couple of games. Um, and then... When what he was, what division were Blight Spartans in? Oh, like are we talking conference? You'd be talking, yeah, maybe conference, national, national league, league, that level, Jesus. like yeah, an amateur football. You've played that level, yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's kind of what you're dealing with here. So anyway, um, he was in college at the time, and one of his fellow students, one of his colleagues, decided he was going to pretend to be George Weah, who 1995 Ballon d'Or winner, was yeah. at AC Milan world-class footballer pretended to be George Weah called around to clubs telling them that they should sign his cousin um, he called Harry Redknapp at West Ham Harry Redknapp said no and then tried to sign tried to sign George Weah um, which obviously didn't work and then he rang Graham Souness at Southampton told Graham Souness that he was that this is his cousin he's playing yeah. for PSG he has 13 caps for the national team Souness was like yeah grand let's give him a trial so he got a one-one trial. Um, Sorry, hold on, now, right? So, oh, I know. Like, did did it Sunas do any research on this man at all? If he did, he really didn't do a great job. Was he stuck for like a player in that position at the time? A little bit. It would have been. Would that have been before Brett Armourad came in as a backup to Leticia? So yeah, it would have been. Right. Um, so anyway, he was supposed to play a reserves game against Arsenal. Uh, start of his trial. Uh, pitch was waterlogged game was called off so no one got to see Ali Dia there oh, God. Uh, so he was on the bench against Leeds and Mac Leticia who obviously started up front had to come off 
Ali Dia gets brought on. Is this a his, league game or a cup game? A league game, Premier League game. Oh, wow. Yeah, gets on for his singular Premier League appearance. Um, he got subbed back off about half an hour later because he was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I think Letizia was asked about it afterwards and I think the, the quote was that he looked like Bambi on ice. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was just not a like, professional footballer and he got subbed back off and his contract was terminated after 14 days like you'd never get away with that in this day and age just because of you know internet and social media and whatever else you'd, you'd never get away with it because they'd want like they'd want a video of his stats and, or a, a list of his stats and whatever else but like what was Graham Sooners thinking oh that's you can't be forgiven for that like, as Soon- a professional manager obviously like, went through his head but, oh, I'm after getting a right deal here the other thing give is, this lad a trial like did you not see him in training Probably didn't have enough time. Oh, then you don't put him on the bench, like bring in a youth yeah. player or something. Like there's no excuse for it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm looking to find like excuses for Graham Sunas. Oh, like I normally like Graham Sunas. I loved him as a player, but um. Graham, yeah, if that's... you're listening, or if anyone wants to tell Graham that we're talking about him and you want to come on and defend Do, yourself, please, please come on. We'd love to have a conversation about this. I mean, that's a blunder. That is. We might actually. Now that being said, he went on to sign for Gateshead. And scored in his debut in a 5-0 win against Bath. Did it hit him in the back? Uh, I haven't seen the footage. I feel like it was probably recorded we may have, we may have. recorded on the alarm clock, <laughs> like I can't imagine. We may have to try and find that. It's very high def. But yeah, he went on to study business at Northumbria University, and I think he has a master's now. He hardly became an agent, did he? I don't know what Sounds he Sounds like now. he's awesome at his job if he I did. C- I couldn't find any more about what he did. <laughs> but yeah, as, uh, as you're aware, I'm an avid collector of jerseys. But um, that is that is the dream non-Liverpool jersey for me to own is the actual one he wore on his singular appearance. I would reckon Sunas probably has that like on a dartboard somewhere throwing darts at him going, dude, how did you fool me? Oh, I don't know if that or Ali Dia has it framed somewhere. So if you're listening, Ali, give me a shout there. We'll, we'll try and sort <laughs> some kind of an arrangement. And if anyone knows him, let him know there. But yeah. That's the uh, that's the LEDA story. Possibly the ultimate Premier League obscurity. Got to play in the greatest league in the world despite not really being a footballer. I know it's episode two, but I really think you're going to find it hard to beat that story. I know. Yeah, I think, I've I got think a list maybe, of potential options. I think, I think you maybe should have started with something. No, less, that's my favourite. I had to kick it off with that. <laughs> Very good. And now for bamboozled, where Dylan tests myself and Joe's knowledge across all sporting uh, fields with uh, with his uh, his questions of the week yeah so there's, there's a fine mix of questions now actually lads you're, you're kind of being tested now today for uh, the very first one so what have we got we've got three questions every second question goes to myself and Joseph and uh, the winner is um, the person with the most answers correct at the end of the um, yeah, seems pretty straightforward. Three pretty questions pretty each. Straightforward. If, if we're if we're level, is there a tiebreaker? Uh, hey, no. No tiebreaker. <laughs> we call it a draw. So. Could we call it. Could be going on all day and night otherwise. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to go to a replay next week. Right. Yeah. So simple as as you said. Uh, three yeah. questions each, and youth before wisdom. We'll start with Joe. Right. So Joe. Um, Joe, which county knocked Dublin out of the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship? Oh. Oh, I should know this. Was it Leash? It was Leash. Go on, Joe. I thought I had you there. Uh, I, didn't, I, did, I didn't think you'd know that one. I thought oh, I'd have you. That was in the back of the mind oh, somewhere. No, we I'm already about, on I think the... we spoke about it in the last podcast. I'm already on the back foot. Sure. Um, right, so James, uh, which county did Dublin restrict to just four points in the Leinster Senior Football Final? Oh, my God. How do I not know this? Kildare? No, it's in fact Mead. <sighs> yeah. Unlucky. Unlucky, James. One nil down. One nil down. Right, Joe, double the lead. Uh which American football team won the Super Bowl in twenty nineteen? Twenty nineteen. Patriots, wasn't it? It was indeed. And Joe. Two for two. Boom, boom. <sighs> Looking good. Penalty uh, shootout, it's 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 uh shit or bust here. <laughs> Which team, James, made history by becoming the first from Canada to win the NBA championship? The Raptors. It was indeed. There we are. Come on, James. Thanks for that one. You kept me in the game. That was an easy one. 2-1. Right. This is for the win, Joseph. 
He's still yeah, doing no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> right, so Joe, uh, which Colombian cyclist won his first Tour de France in 2019? How in the name of Christ am I supposed to know that? Hey, you're meant to be the expert here. I know. Not on cycling. I know. I've got a clue. I haven't watched cycling in about 15 years. Quintana. Um, no. No? It was Egan Barnell. Ah, oh, damn it. I didn't think there was any more than one. That was my next guess. <laughs> Oh, fine, fine Colombian name there. Is that James with a chance to equalise? God, I wasn't expecting this. No. <laughs> so, James, who scored Ireland's only goal in an away win against Gibraltar last March? Oh, no. And you definitely know this, Joe. Gonna have to get you for time now, James. <sighs> I actually watched the game and I can't remember. No Watch rush, no James. Game. Come on. No, no, it's not coming to me. Jeff Hendrick. Jeff Hendrick. So it was. Joe is the winner. 2-1 Joe. Come on, Joe. You are the winner of the first episode of Bamboozled. So the undefeated champion is what I heard there. <laughs> Congratulations, Joe. I'm not bitter at all, I swear. Thanks very much. It's a great day for the family. That was terrible. Great day for the parish. Good questions, Dylan, but um, my knowledge is um, needs a bit of um, help. Yeah, they're grand. Hopefully, you now uh, as we go along, we'll team them up and things like that. You know, different different stadiums, perhaps, or oh, different, thing, different things like that. Just to maybe a few football questions. Just lovely as well. Hey, Joe, don't rule it out. There might be a football episode. Oh. All football questions. Imagine that, Joe. I I wouldn't expect to win that one against Joe. Uh, hey, don't worry. There'll be an all GA one then <laughs> the week after. Um. That was good. I enjoyed that now. Um, on to our final segment, which is Take 5. In Take 5, you, the listener, get to pitch your wits against uh, our three, in adverted commas, experts here in the studio. Each week we will pick five uh, games across all different sports, and we will pick our, uh, our score lines and our predictions for those games. On social media, you guys get to uh, to put your predictions up, and if anyone gets all of these predictions correct, you win a sideline cut beanie. Yeah. Results mm-hmm. and all, no, we're not just throwing these things out. Yeah, it's not it's not a win or lose situation. We need the scoreline from you. It's a bit like um, the soccer Saturday Super Six, but uh, completely unrelated. But, but, but completely unrelated. And better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this week's take five we'll, we'll run down through it and we'll put the put our scores out there which we shall share on social media um, we're going to do a league table among the three of us see yeah, who comes out over the course of just for bragging rights yeah pretty much just for bragging rights might be an you know, punishment for the loser or some kind of might just have to buy a drink for the winner maybe that's probably safest <laughs> we'll, yeah. give, we'll give you one of the hats yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so first game this week is uh, Spurs versus Liverpool uh, I have gone for four-one Liverpool. Uh, Dylan, what have you gone for? Uh, I've gone for three-two uh, to Liverpool. Okay, all fairly similar. I've gone three-one Liverpool. So, all right, we're all expecting Liverpool to win. Yeah, some one of us should be close to the score, but sure, who knows? Surely. Um, the second game this week is Racing ninety-two at home to Munster. Dylan, what have you gone for there? Yeah, so uh, I think Munster need to win, um, and I'm going to say I'm confident. Uh, 21-18 to Munster. Joe? I am far less confident, so I have gone with 17-14 to Racing. Traitor. Don't like backing against Munster, but um, I figure if I back against them, they might actually turn around <laughs> to win. So. Yeah, um, Munster obviously needing to win to stay in the competition and kind of save their season. Um France always a tough place to go and Racing play another skin but I'm going to go for a Munster win based likely around the fact that Zebo is injured so uh, Racing are going to be down that so 21-18 no that was Dylan's score 22-19 was my score sorry read the wrong one <laughs> 22-19 to, uh, to Munster um, game 3 of our take 5 this week is Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, Tennessee obviously having knocked off the New England Patriots and Baltimore having been the, the best team, bar none, so far this year. Um, what have you gone for, Joe? I've gone for a Baltimore win. gone 23-15. 23-15. So and they're going to be semi-comfortable. And Dylan? Um, so I wouldn't have much of a knowledge now on this, but I've gone for a Titans win. 
Uh, 22-19 22-19 to the Titans Yeah I've gone for a 37-35 victory for, for Baltimore um, Baltimore highest scoring team in the league Titans just playing out of their skin beat the Patriots shock result I think um, this one could be a could be a high scoring game so yeah that's 37-35 Baltimore for me um, game 4 is Leicester versus Southampton of course this was the uh, the drubbing earlier in the season. What was it? Nine 9-0 to Leicester. Nine nil to Leicester away. Southampton have improved ten thousand percent since um, Leicester second in the table. Um, Joe, yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I was thinking about it, and I started off thinking, right, how many are Leicester going to score? And then I remembered the time that was it Spurs beat Wigan nine one, and Jermaine Defoe got five. Right. And Wigan won the reverse fixture one nil. Okay. So I'm actually going to go for a 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw for Joe. Dylan? Uh, ever hopeful that uh, Leicester can keep the pressure on Liverpool. <laughs> so 3-1 uh, to Leicester. 3-1 Leicester. I'm actually going for a Southampton win. I just think they've improved um, improved a ton in the last while. And Danny Ings playing out of his skin. Good Irish um, Irish presence on that side as well. So um, I'm going for a 2-1 win to Southampton. And obviously there's the, the added bonus of Leicester dropping more points in the quest to catch Liverpool. So, um, Claremont versus Ulster is game five. Um, one and two on that table. Ulster on top at the moment. Ulster can obviously top the group if they beat Claremont. Um, always a tough place to go in France. Um, I'm gone for 27-24 win for Ulster. Just think they've been playing sensational rugby and, and they're going to keep up that. Uh, Dylan, your thoughts? Uh, I've also gone for a Ulster victory there. Uh, eighteen thirteen. Eighteen thirteen to Ulster, and then Joe. Gonna go for a hard fought draw. Eighteen all. Eighteen all for Joe. Right. So there's our scorelines. We will um we'll share these on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the social medias. Um, if you think you can do better, send us your scorelines. Put them in the comments. Um. And we will we will go through them. If anyone gets all of them right, you will get a sideline cut beanie sent out to us in the post and sent out from us in the post even. Uh, that's all from us for this episode. Uh, remember to check us out across all our social media at sideline underscore cut on Twitter and Instagram and at the sideline cut on Facebook. You can also get us at sport at the sideline cut dot com. If you want to send us an email and send us in any of your stories, predictions, any topics you want us to talk about. For me, James. For me, Joe. And for me, Dylan. Thank you and goodbye. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.